we're down to the last few days of summer, but there's still some warmth, some sweetness to be extracted. Like a single frosted Cheerio in a bowl of regular Cheerios. The sweetness is there if you know where to look. Hello, and welcome to the Empty Bowl, a meditative podcast about cereal. My name is Justin McElroy, and I am a cereal enthusiast. Uh, my name is Dan Goubert, and I am your cereal chauffeur in this luxury breakfast limousine we call a podcast. For the next half hour or so, uh, you have a very important, serious job, and that is to think only of cereal, to give yourself permission to just relax and focus on that. I know there are other things in your life that you need to consider, but right now you've earned the right to just do this, to just think about cereal. We're going to have some news. We're going to have reviews of some of the, the latest cereals. And uh, we're, we're going to have some fun, too. There'll be some lighter moments as well to complement <laughs> those. But first, Dan, I, uh, I don't want to wait one more moment. Tell me about Apple Pie Toast Crunch, which, can I just say, before you say anything, <laughs> that name has pushed this convention to its absolute limit. At yeah. this point, I don't think we can... You know, I wanted to try to meet him halfway with, like, chocolate toast. <laughs> but, like, apple pie toast is the is the proverbial straw, I think, that is breaking this this, uh, this cereal I in mean, twain. I mean, slice of apple pie on top of bread. I, I would say don't knock it till you tried it. But, sure. Uh, maybe we can give them the benefit of the doubt on some unseen uh, cultural cult favorite snack. We'd mentioned in the past couple weeks how cereal news was starting to slow down, and it seems General Mills was just waiting for us to say that so that they could really fire this out-of-nowhere new Toast Crunch onto shelves. It was first found by Chris the Cereal Crusader, thank you for your service, Chris, at Albertsons, and this New Toast Crunch ostensibly brings back the well-loved and long-lost Apple Cinnamon Toast Crunch um, that was released uh, a while, while back. But the key difference being Apple Pie Toast Crunch uses original Cinnamon Toast Crunch crazy square shapes, whereas that Apple Cinnamon Toast Crunch used the bread-shaped pieces as it was the sort of quadrilogy-completing link between strawberry and blueberry toast crunches, which were formerly known as tiny toast to use cereal scholars out there, as well as French toast crunch, of course. And to be fair, I personally love, love, love the bread slice pieces and secretly wish every toast crunch used them. Mm -hmm. uh, I just find them denser, crunchier, and far more adorable. Plus you could make little sandwiches with them and boy have I. Nevertheless, it's hard to conceive of a world where an apple pie toast crunch isn't at least pretty darn good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's always, uh, I feel like apple is really, uh, uh, you never know what you're going to get. 
it's a it's a, a not a crap shoot it's an apple shoot because <laughs> it's there you know we've gotten the what was the one that was like so synthetic um the, you know it was the checks the checks flavor the Czechs, had a real yeah, like was... green apple sort of mm-hmm. synthetic appliness but yeah. well, other people use it a little more sparingly so we'll see yeah there was the the special k cinnamon apple seasonal variant that i think was really really stellar so Hopefully, we'll be somewhere around that sphere. What I do think is interesting is that, you know, though I typically think of apple pie as a distinctly autumnal dessert, this mm-hmm. apple pie toast crunch box is covered with wintry branding. The huh. squares are all in their hats and scarves, and on the back, you can see them with Christmas lights, mistletoe, ski goggles, etc. Um, and this seasonal turn at first had me worried that apple pie toast crunch might replace sugar cookie toast crunch, which is sort of one of the founding cornerstone cereals of this podcast's hype machine. Uh, yeah. But that living cereal legend still appears on the Cinnamon Toast Crunch website, so it appears to be safe for now. Okay. Uh, and even then, it would, it would probably make a good mix-in for apple pie toast crunch as well. Sure. Now, I don't know if I'm reading this right, Dan, but it, it looks like um, a product that is flavored like Fruity Pebbles has been released? I know, it's hard to believe, but <laughs> uh, part of this this 50th anniversary Pebbles Palooza or Flintstone Fest or Yabba Dabba Jamboree, whatever you want to call it, there's really been no end to the new Pebbles products that have been released in the past year. We've had candy bars, chocolate bunnies cake mix and even like the beauty products that we mentioned last episode yeah uh, and the party's still rolling because next up are pebbles bites and these come these are coming in both fruity and cocoa varieties of course and they are essentially little clusters of the respective cereal rice crisps just coated with milk chocolate for the cocoa, and with that sort of nebulous, creamy, candy, white stuff for fruity. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure these will probably be pretty good as well. It just seems that they're a little small and weirdly individually wrapped as well. Like, sort of how I feel about Hershey Kisses, that you really expect me to disassemble this whole foil and streamer deal, which will take me longer than it will to eat the thing. So it, I was sent uh, these by the Frankfurt folks. Already? Jeez. Uh, they, they sent some of these uh, about a week ago. Um, I will say my very quick review is that uh, you your take on it being too much work to unwrap is absolutely on point. <laughs> I mean, even like even the Hershey Kiss, which you mentioned, has a system in place. You know, it's got a pull tab, basically, right. that makes the, the, it easier. These are kind of a pain to eat. Um once I, you get them open, though, pretty nice uh, flavor, pretty good size of of treat. I just wish that they were. Um, I wish they weren't individually wrapped. I will say this: this is my review of the uh, Fruity Pebbles version. I sent a few with uh, my daughter's lunch to school, mm-hmm. and when she got back, she informed me that she needed to take fifteen of them into the into class the next day because they were <laughs> such a uh, such a big hit. So. Um, good i didn't you know it's it's just too much i like i don't like a lot of sweet things that are not cereal you know what i mean so it's like already um 
but uh, I just wish they weren't individually wrapped or the wrapping came off easier or something because they are kind of a pain. What what size would you compare them to compared to it? Uh, oh, gosh. Um, dime. Dime-sized. So like a small gumball. Like if you get some, not like full gumball, but like, you know, the one smaller marble, uh-huh. you know, mm-hmm. to give you some, some Yeah, I could see those being a valuable cafeteria currency. Kind of three coffee beans glued together. (laughs) Yeah, it is funny, too, how there's, like, this cereal candy civil war of sorts going on between Frankfurt, who's really going buck wild with that Pebbles license, and Gallery Candy, who's been running with Fruit Loops, making the Fruit Loops gummies, candy canes, and rebooted cereal straws. So I wonder if there's unspoken tension between them. Maybe. Or maybe they're just trying to make it in this crazy <laughs> world of ours, you know? And, uh, Dan, I've tried this next one, too. So I'm pretty... This just happened to be at my local my local Walmart. Or I think maybe it was Target. I don't remember exactly. But I, I definitely have had a big big old box of this sitting on my shelf. really ahead of the game. Um, but, yeah, we were going to yeah. talk about Peppa Pig Rice Krispies, the crossover of a lifetime, if not multiple lifetimes. Uh, and these are, you know, not too different, at least it appears, you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong, from normal Rice Krispies, except that there are, mixed in with the plain Rice Krispies, the addition of special frosted pink Krispies as well. Yeah, there, it's, um, more just like a general strawberry crispy. Hmm. um, I'm I would say. they're actually fruit flavored. Uh, yeah, it's very faint. I might be imagining. <laughs> it's you know they're pink and sweet, so it's absolutely possible that I'm just sort of like projecting, um, projecting that on. So how does the color compare to the sheer pinkness of the Jojo Siwa cereal? Oh, it's not even in the same league as Jojo Siwa, um, for sure. It's fairly, it's fairly pink. Like you get the idea that it is pink, um, but it doesn't have that sort of like ethereal. Uh, ethereal glow that the Jojo Siwa mm-hmm. cereal had. Did you make treats with them yet? No, I didn't. I bet that would be pretty good, honestly. Um, you know, overly sweet, perhaps, but but still pretty good. Uh, I will say that I really do wish they're so close. If they had had some like pink Peppa shaped marshmallows, mm. like I feel like they would be very, very, very good. Like it would be definitely a a like perfect sort of like encapsulation of the uh the character and the the you know amp it up a little bit to make it feel a little bit more special because this does feel a, a bit tacked on uh brand wise it just feels like kind of like well these are pink and pepper pig is pink mm-hmm. so let's just go with it so uh that's a little bit of a it'd be nice to have them judged up a little bit but um not bad hmm. nice now, Dan, we're looking into the future there, but let's let's take a moment to appreciate the present. You know, mm-hmm. tell me about reviews. So this latest thing that I tried was another total surprise, sort of like apple pie toast crunch, and I have Twitter user Stuart to thank for this for tipping me off about Dunkin' Donuts's new cereal and milk lattes that are apparently only available in Dunkin' test regions in Pennsylvania, Texas, Oklahoma, Michigan, of course, where I got them from, as well as West Virginia. Uh, So I have to wonder whether Uh they uh, targeted these specifically toward you and I. But 
<laughs> These are described as a lineup of lattes that blend espresso with cereal milk made with real cereal for authentic bottom-of-the-bowl goodness topped with sweet cold foam uh, for the ice variant, which I did get, of course, uh, as well as cereal crumbles on top as well. And you get two choices with these. You could pick cinnamon cereal milk latte with a cinnamon crumble on top or marshmallow cereal milk with a rainbow crumble on top. Now I sprung for the cinnamon, figuring that marshmallow is a little too subtle of a taste maybe, especially when there's going to be mm -hmm. sweet foam on top already. It's a tough one to nail. Kind of like cotton candy where the <clears throat> physics of the thing, I think, are part mm -hmm. of the flavor. Um, but boy, I, I quickly found myself wishing for maybe the more subtleness of a marshmallow cereal milk because this latte was painfully, like, tongue-ringingly cinnamony. And first off, it's nothing like any cinnamon cereal that I've ever had before, let alone the sugary goodness of Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Rather, the cinnamon here is like drinking a freshly liquefied cinnamon clove Yankee candle. And the thickness of it, the raw viscosity is certainly impressive, but other than that, I could not bring myself to finish mine. Nor was I willing to try, really, because apparently the cereal milk that they use in these is a proprietary, fully infused, pre-shipped and sealed sort of deal. So you can't, I don't think, get this latte dairy-free, meaning I, as yeah. someone who is mild to moderately lactose intolerant, wasn't about to unleash a storm in my stomach over something that already tasted quite not good. So maybe the marshmallow would be better. Uh, someone else might have to let us know how that is. But I will say, unless you're a bona fide hot tamale sucking cinnamon maniac, I would pass on this one. Uh, now, perhaps we have a, uh, a slightly better, um, another, another product that is not available to, to everyone, to a very select crowd. This crowd just happens to be Mexico. Uh, we, we talked about the Mexico exclusive Krispy Kreme cereal and you got your hands on yes, that. Yes. I was very happy to acquire it via the Mexican candy lady whose incredible yes. website and service has helped both of us in the past enjoy incredible cereals from south of the border. I ordered some from, from her too. I imagine we're some of her top. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. Like the original tropical fruit loops, one of the, the greatest cereals yeah. in recent memory. And now these, uh, you didn't get yours yet is what I'm guessing. Yes. Oh, yeah, okay. I did. Actually. Perfect. Uh, yeah. So what I'll say, I guess, is that there's something almost indescribably interesting about Krispy Kreme cereal. Okay, so you were getting that note too, right? Like, it doesn't taste like Krispy Kreme donuts. I don't think, at least. I don't eat a lot of those. They're not. That's not one of like a brand that's close to me. You can get like. I don't know, some secondhand ones mm -hmm. in a gas station. Right, you know what right. I mean? That one stand that just says Krispy Kreme. But um, I almost detected, like, I almost want to say, like, pineapple. Huh. You know what I mean? Like, there's some sort of, like, it's if not pineapple, some kind of tang yes. to it. Like, a very subtle tang. Weird. Like, a weird choice. But not completely unpleasant. Yeah, so, I mean... When I was first trying to write down my thoughts, I f it felt like I was writing one of those cosmic horror stories where it feels like a cop-out to say that something is beyond the bounds of imagination and comprehension. <laughs> but I racked my taste buds good and proper with this one, but still had trouble articulating exactly what that weird note is. 
Um, I, I will agree that it's not exactly on point with the original glazed Krispy Kreme donuts that it's supposed to be based on, but I did kind of feel like this is a more like literally accurate donut cereal than most of the ones that could get put out there. Uh, that is to say mm-hmm. that it kind of feels like these chunky little rings are actually fried. Like I, I was feeling like I was getting undertones okay. of funnel cake plus I, you said tang, but in my mind I wrote an intriguing twang of like <laughs> sour cream or yogurt it, maybe. It's a twang mm-hmm. of tang. <laughs> exactly. It's unique. It's striking. And it is pretty darn good, but the problem for me was that it's a very flash-in-the-grease-pan flavor that doesn't necessarily last the duration of each spoonful. Like, before you know it, the twang has been twung, and you're left with just (laughs) this bland corn cereal ring. And I hate to be that guy, even though I so often am, but I think a tweak to the base grain mm. could have gone a long way or maybe even just dusting some flavor on to give it more potency and more of a pillowy mouth feel. So maybe they'll yeah. adapt this one for American shelves and take our extremely specific feedback to heart. But either way, this is <laughs> it seems highly this is a memorable <laughs> one, if nothing else. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 it's it's interesting. It's not necessarily. I mean, like when I tried Tropical Fruit Loops for the first time, the original, like I was, I think I was telling people, like, go to the Mexican mm-hmm. Candy Lady, get yourself some of these because they're out, outrageous, very interesting, um, but not necessarily, I think, worth the considerable shipping charges. True, true. Uh, we asked you your favorite cereal box prize. Um, I mentioned the dollar bill that Syria <laughs> started including boxes, and some of you were good enough to send us your answers as well. So we're listen to those now. Hi, Dan and Justin. This is Charles from Portland, Oregon. My favorite cereal prize was the lightsaber spoons packaged with select Kellogg cereals to promote Star Wars Episode Three back in two thousand five. These are released at the competitive height of my cul-de-sac lightsaber fighting ring so I couldn't wait to get my hands on one. They have to be one of the nicest cereal prizes introduced in my childhood, sporting a two-part molded plastic design with a colored LED to illuminate the spoon. Strangely, they all had Obi-Wan's handle regardless of color. I'll pair what I believe to be a popular opinion with a controversial one. The prequel trilogy is actually pretty good. Thanks for this lovely podcast. Hi, Dan and Justin. My name's Siobhan. You asked about the best cereal prize you've ever received, and mine were the Atlantis The Lost Empire cereal toys. They were these little plastic submarines and ships that would sink slowly into a bathtub. Hours of enjoyment in the bath as a little kid, a very good time. Um, You could even put little... um, bath bombs inside and they would putter around the bath making bubbles extremely fun definitely recommend hi dan and justin when i was a kid in either the early 2000s or late 90s one of my boxes of cheerios came with a dvd copy of the film the muppets take manhattan it was the only muppets movie that we actually owned and i loved it quite a bit thank you so much for your podcast 
I love that, like the full movie, mm-hmm. just like inside the box. Yeah, that felt like um, absolutely massive when you're a kid. Like, wait, a whole movie? Are you sure? This is so yeah, generous. that's why for me, like, the obvious answer to this question is Chex's Quest as a serial prize, just because of the sheer impact it had on me over a lifetime. But I would also give a shout out to, since we talked about Bowl Buddies last episode, the Pokemon cereal Bowl Buddies that came with Pokemon cereal. Um, it was a very eclectic mix of Pokemon. You would get Pichu, Geodude, or Arbok, and I think picking a couple second-string Pokemon like that went a long way towards making those so iconic. I looked up just just randomly like what are considered some of the coolest ones that, that have been. Um, I didn't realize there was a Jackson 5 single mm. on uh, Sugar Crisp that was like literally imprinted onto the the box like you could just put it on a record player and yeah they did it. those with the monsters monsters go disco i believe it was too but yeah the cardboard flexa discs that yeah That's so cool um you know what else i, I tell you the one that used to get to me a lot i used to love when i was a kid was when you would have like a sample of another like candy or treat, I feel like I got gushers mm. one time. Like in a, like when they're trying to sell you something, <laughs> some other thing. Like hey, we already have a captive audience here, full of kids. Um, do you uh you have a, a a question that is on on your mind? Something that you'd like to ask our listeners? I did have a good one that came to me yesterday. It's kind of a an off kilter question, but if you were to get a serial tattoo on your body. What would it be? Maybe maybe you're someone who's actually interested in getting a serial tattoo, or even if it's something you would never do, imagine you're having a wild time in Las Vegas and you lose a bet with a friend and you have to get a serial tattoo. How would you represent that, and where would you get it tattooed? Um, Dan, I'm assuming yours would be some reference to the importance of changing the green. <laughs> Go go against the grain, maybe the grain or the grain train. Oat flour like on my knuckles. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can go to bold.rest to answer that question. You'll see a level button to leave us a message. If you want to plug in a microphone, that sounds great. But if not, your phone will work just fine too. Just try to keep it, you know, keep it cool. Uh, we have we have some uh. Got kind of what we call it a lightning round. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what's a what's a chill version of a lightning round? Uh, a drizzle, yeah, a light crackle, <laughs> summer, <laughs> summer drizzle. Um, okay, I d- damn, I do have to ask you, what is the Kellogg's gut bacteria reef? <laughs> I have not, I have not heard of that. So this insane insight to international back of the cereal box affairs comes from this comes from listener Carol Ann in New Zealand who wanted us to know that over in Oceania where on boxes of all brand of all things you can scan a QR code to witness a free gut bacteria VR experience and this feels like you know maybe testing the limits of a, a restful and relaxing serial podcast, but it's it's a bio, biologically educational 
event where you can explore the inner workings of your gut through a world's first ever virtual reality experience, proudly supported by Kellogg's of Australia. And you dive through a hidden world of your gut bacteria reef, which is surprisingly similar, I'm told, to Australia's Great Barrier Reef. And I will say, after having viewed the experience on YouTube, that this is as insane as serial promos get, like on the same level of immersion and effort as Chuck's Quest, where you get this very science fiction-y journey through someone's digestive system inside of a spaceship that was swallowed alongside a spoonful of bran flakes. And at one point, you get to even control a device that blasts high-fiber ammunition that feed good gut bacteria. Um, so it just seemed very strange that on the back of the control. boring cereal, arguably, you get this uh, sheer dive into absurdism and, you know, albeit a bit grosser than something like Shex Quest, especially as the gut bacteria reef experience ends exactly as you might predict. Dan, I, uh, uh, Dan, I had, uh, I, I understand you wanted to provide some clarity on, on, uh, Captain Crunch's chess pieces. This was something that I never thought we would get closure on either. Uh, because a couple episodes ago we were talking about the golden pieces in Captain Crunch and I noted how I've never heard an official name for these coconut oil delights and so I've always called them treasure chests. But uh, thanks okay. to Twitter users B. Squickle and James, we now have an answer because according to a new commercial as well as a product description on Captain Crunch's website, they're officially known as... Do you have any guess? No, I wouldn't They're Captain Crunch's golden barrels. Which, uh, you know, is fine. Barrels have a valid fine. place in, you know, the Captain's nautical serial setting. But at the same time, I refuse to revise my headcanon and will still forever call them treasure chests. Yeah. Especially because if we look at Ralston's Donkey Kong serial from 1984 which was very upfront about promising crunchy barrels of fun. Those are what I'd call <laughs> barrel-shaped pieces. They've got height, they are extruded dimensionally, and I don't know. Dan, I'm looking at these. These are barrels, bud. You're right. Now this is a... Now this. Mm -hmm. True this is blue cereal barrels. Here's a question. Hi, Dan and Justin. My father believes he invented putting ice in cereal milk. He says he does this to make his cereal extra cold. Have we ever heard of this? Do we find it acceptable? Let me know what you think. And thanks for the podcast. <laughs> Jack-o'-lantern emoji. <laughs> Blythe. Um, I mean, have you heard of this? I, no. I mean, I, I've never. I've never. I mean, I've heard of it before. I've never. I have some problems. Oh, you I think you? it was Gene Simmons famously put ice cubes in cereal. I mean, that, it's monstrous. Like, I, no offense to Blythe. I'm sure your father is a fine person. But um, the idea that I would bite down and expect the satisfying crunch of some <laughs> grape nuts or Spider-Man... Frosted chicks pieces, and would just get a bit the a big crunch mm. of ice 
it sets my teeth on edge just thinking about it. Yeah, this is definitely something for the more dentally sound, unlike my own sensitive molars. But, you know, yeah, every time I hear about this method, I simply can't envision it being satisfying. Just for me, it's more the very thought of watering down my cereal in any capacity that just doesn't sit right. Oh, sure, yeah. Now, if you had, say, milk cubes or if you like pre-chilled your bowl of milk in the freezer, that being perhaps the only instance where it's acceptable to do milk before cereal, then maybe I could see it. Uh, I've certainly done the latter on a hot summer's eve before, because it's kind of like freezing a Pop-Tart, giving it a unique twist to the flavor. But using actual ice cubes, for one thing, they're pretty big compared to any actual cereal piece. And I know, I think, I think we've just hit on all the other elements. It'd be a bit inconsistent, too, in how it distributes the chill effect and the dilution, the sogginess. There's just way too many working variables there for, for this to work for my very standardized and ritualistic cereal eating routine. Um, this isn't included here, Dan, but I did have an exciting announcement. Ooh. And I've, I think I've teased this before, but I am uh, officially now off of dairy milk for Welcome. cereal. Yeah, I've tried a lot of different options, but I finally tried um, coconut milk really? with my cereal, and it is just a, such a wonderful compliment. I mean, really, truly delicious. I've never, I've tried several different milk sort of, you know, uh, substitutes, and never found one that really resonated with me. But uh, coconut milk, I'm, de- I'm just in. Does it? I mean, I don't think I've really tried coconut milk and cereal. Does it bring a cocoa nuttiness to anything? Uh, a, f- a vague one It's more of like a There's a Like hint of creaminess mm. to it That you don't necessarily get with your oat And your hemp And your soy And your almond And your pea milks um, But uh, it's not like a strong coconut flavor It's not going to tip the scales But it's a wisp It's a rumor of mm. coconut you Do you know? think that's what might have teased out the, the pineapple notes in your Krispy Kreme cereal? That's absolutely possible. Yeah, I could be an underlying uh, narrator at this point. There's every no cereal we review going forward. You know, I tasted a little coconut in that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> coconut. <laughs> um, I, thank you so much for listening to our program. Um, listen, when you're going to bowl.rest to uh, leave a message for us, do me a favor and pledge a uh, dollar, uh, $5, $10 a month, whatever you can. Just click the little support button and support our show. It really helps us out a lot. Half of that is going to go to keepseriously.net running, and half of that goes to a shelter for people experiencing homelessness here in uh, the tri-state area where I live. Um, so really, really appreciate your support. We'd also like to thank Chris Zabriskie for his opening theme of The Sun is Scheduled to Come Out Tomorrow, Bria Davis for our beautiful pink beachy uh, podcast branding, as well as Samuel Rardin for designing our most recent empty bowl enamel pin. Oh, and we'd also like to thank you for listening. Yeah, we appreciate it. If you hey, if you want to leave a review or just tweet about the show or, you know, put a link on an anxious friend's Facebook <laughs> wall, whatever you want to do, we really appreciate the help in, in growing. Um, so thanks. But you're probably already asleep, aren't you? Ooh. Ah, dang it. Yeah, I should have said something. I'm glad they were asleep before the gut bacteria reef experience. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Hey. Uh, thank you so much for listening to The Empty Bowl. Uh, for Dan Gebert, my name is Justin McElroy. 
And as always, as my friend Dan always says, don't forget to drink the milk. Yeah, well, he sort of said it like that. It wasn't exactly like that, but it's it's how he. You couldn't capture my regional dialect quite right, but it was pretty close. (laughs) (laughs) Your folks are charged.